We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula with Norm Hightower, the man, the myth, the legend. And today we are welcoming our special guest, Sal Martinez, our sponsor. And there's a reason why he's here, folks. He's just not here to sell you a haircut. And also, Norm's son, Jason. Um... We're going to get into all kinds of stuff today, including the big matchup with the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. But what I really want to talk to you guys about, we want to talk with about, is about, well, Rams, family, and football. 
That's why we're here. We do have plenty of Dallas Cowboys previews coming this week. Trust me on that one. I've been all over the phones setting up guests. It's going to be on. You can expect a lot of podcasts this week. But before we do, before we move on, we do want to remind you we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews on iTunes. That really helps us out. Oh, and don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio. They're on hiatus this week. Should be back soon. And also, butting heads with Johnny and Steve. Okay. Norm, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. You going to be mad at yourself? me for making... Well, I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm feeling a little sheepish. I forgot the game was tonight. Yeah, you know, uh, what idiot plans a podcast <laughs> during the middle of a national championship game? I guess, I guess my idiot does. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Hey, Sal, how you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. How you doing? Doing all right. I'm glad to get you on the show again. Talk a little bit of football and. Uh, Jason, you there? Yes, sir. Jason, welcome to the podcast. I've heard lots of bad things about you, but uh, I'm sure I, be- I'm sure. I believe none of it's true. All right. <laughs> so before we move on, we do want to hey give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen Grit Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story with his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Leaks Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter, in this story, span the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and pretty much anywhere else booksellers on the net can be found. Folks, I've read this book cover to cover. So has Norm. Listen, it's a great one. It's relatively inexpensive. Check it out. Hollywood Team Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. All right, I'm going to start here with Sal. Sal, uh, a, a year ago, a little over a year ago, we sat down there at Lot 6 getting ready for that horrid Rams 49ers game where we basically watched a bunch of fifth-teamers play. Um, and you told me the story of you and your daughter. And I met your daughter, a wonderful young lady. You Thank basically you. raised her up to be a Rams fan. And this also opens up questions later for Jason, by the way. I'm not letting you off the hook, bud. Okay. But, <laughs> Sal, can you tell us, yes. just tell, tell the audience a story and, um, you know, about how your daughter became a Rams fan, what's meant to you and your family and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've been a Rams fan since I was seven years old. The first time I've seen their uniform the football helmet and the uniform really caught my attention. So I was a diehard since um, the age of seven. So um, fast forward to when her name's Bree, when she was a fan, um, she was eight months old when I put a Ram helmet on her. It was around Christmas time. And I remember putting the helmet on her and she was looking back at me and and one of my sisters snapped that picture. And I thought it's going to be interesting because I knew that she would, you know, be, um, be a Ram fan. And so she really didn't have much of a choice back then. So 
we would always talk. We'd watch the games together, and I would explain to her. And so she became passionate, just like I did. As um, you know, more and more time passed, and and she just became a diehard fan. And so since the Rams returned, I was able to um, get season tickets, so I got two seats. So her and I sit next to each other. And uh, I mean, it's amazing being able to watch the game and, and look over to my left and, and have her sitting there and seeing the passion that, you know, she shares with me when we watch the games together. So that's something that she and I share. And, and it's just incredible. We have a lot of things in common, but being able to be father, son, you know, I mean, father, daughter, um, fans together is just amazing. Was that a Freudian slip when you said father and son? Yeah, well, she always teases me. She always laughs. She always says, you know what, Dad? And I said the same thing. I said, you know, I only have one child. But I said, if I had a son, he probably, you know, he may not even have interest in, in you know, football or even the Rams. So she's like, well, I'm like the son you never had. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant by that. Definitely. And, and is there like a marriage requirement for her? Like she has to well, marry a Rams there fan? Is. Yeah, there is, and it's kind of nice because I really never had to talk to her about that. She'll just tell me, like, you won't believe it, Dad. This, you know, he doesn't even like football. And she said, first of all, he doesn't, he's not, doesn't even follow football. And then second of all, he's not a Rams fan. And so she kind of does her own screening, which is interesting because she reminds me a lot of myself when, um, you know, when we're watching the games together because I, I get like that. I, I don't like too many distractions. I get so focused in on the game, and she's just – she's the same way. And, and so it's interesting to kind of look at her. I kind of see myself at, um, at her age and how passionate I was. I see the same thing in her at the age of, um, that she is now like I was. So it, it's just nice to not have to really, um, I didn't have to commence or anything. She just became a fan. And I, I just, you know, I was excited that the fact that she liked, you know, NFL football, but you know, the Rams also was, was great. One time she did tease me, though. We were at, uh, um, I think it was Circuit City years ago. She was about maybe six years old, and we walked in the store, and it was a Monday night football. And uh, it was the Cowboys and the Eagles playing. And she said, hey, Dad, what team is that in green? And I said, oh, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. She's like, oh, I, Dad, I'm an Eagles fan. And I looked back, and she just said, I'm kidding, Dad. And I said, okay, because you're going to have to walk home and <laughs> it would have been kind of a, a distance to get home, but she was always a Ram fan. There was never any doubt. She just likes the Rams. So it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, I buy, you know, her a lot of Ram gear and um, to see her wear it and to share that, you know, the games together is amazing. Now on the flip side here, Norm, you've been a Rams fan since the dawn of time and your son here, Jason, I'll let you, I'll let you say it, man. Who's your favorite team? Uh, <laughs> the Packers? The Packers. <laughs> Dear gosh, how did this happen, Norm? Well, first of all, I never really pushed a team on any of my kids. Uh, <laughs> my oldest daughter is a Patriots fan. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to swallow that one. Uh, and she's a Beavers fan, and I'm a Ducks fan. So she tried to go opposite of me on everything. Um, my... <laughs> My daughter, Robin, is a Cowboys fan. So, you know, the thing I always encouraged was, you know, enjoy sports. And if you pick a team, pick one that you'll stick with forever and and enjoy it. And if it happens to be the Rams, great. If not, it's okay. Um, 
Jason, on the other hand, I coached him in football and baseball pretty much his whole career. And uh, Jason had a favorite quarterback, and he played quarterback, and I'll let him tell that story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I grew up watching Brett Favre, man, and he was just such a gunslinger. You know, I, I – and he just made he made something out of nothing every time he had the ball, pretty much, you know. And and I just I wanted to be that guy. And and whenever he'd score a touchdown, he'd take his helmet off and run around the field, you know, with his hands in the air. I mean, I I, I couldn't imagine any any better feeling than that. And so you know, it just kind of took off from there. So he doesn't hate the Rams, though. No, I don't. I don't hate the Rams. You know, I I do like the Rams. Um, I root for them pretty much every time they play. So unless they're playing the Packers, so. But hmm. how was that growing up? I mean, Dad was a big, big Rams fan. I mean, decked out in all his Rams gear. And <laughs> here you are. How'd that work out? Uh, it it wasn't so bad because we only you know we only played them every once in a while, and so I mean I rooted for the Rams, and then when the Packers played, I rooted for the Packers, and. You know, it just so happened that at that time, you know, we, we came out on top a few more times. But the greatest show on turf, though, I mean, I I, I mean, I got to give them guys props. <laughs> you know, those games were fun to watch. Uh, Jason, I got to be honest, one of my favorite memories is the 2001 divisional playoff game when the Rams picked off Brett Favre six times. Yeah. I mean, well, that one, I just got to be honest. So I remember that game, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I was I was at the uh I was at the dome for that game. That was amazing. They the Rams had what, six interceptions? Yep, six interceptions, forty five seventeen. Yeah. yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah, that I was at the I was at the dome, yeah. That was a great game and I, I was really impressed. I was so excited for uh, Aeneas Williams. I thought that you know, he would go on and uh, the Rams would get a Super Bowl, you know, victory for him, but that didn't happen, but that game was was electric. It was amazing. There was a lot of Packer fans there, but you know, um, you know, the Midwest was really nice. I I had a lot of great great times at the Dome, but that was one of the one of my favorite games. You know, the you know, Packer game because, like you say, um, I mean, Brett Favre is such a great player, and I liked the fact that he was really aggressive. And although he threw six interceptions, I know I remember after the game, you know, during an interview, someone asked him about you know, throwing six interceptions. He said, you know what? I mean, I'm just aggressive and I would have thrown seven, you know, but I'm not going to stop throwing the ball. And so th- that game was, was amazing because you knew offensively it was going to be a shootout and it, it lived up to the hype. So it was cool. So let me ask both of you since, you know, the whole theme for this is family. And I was actually was trying to do this around Christmas Eve and timing didn't work out well. That's, and that's why it's probably a little odd with a playoff that we're having this episode. But what has football meant in your family altogether? Not just the Rams, you know, having great Ram stories. Several Ram stories we've heard over the years of people telling us what you know what it was like growing up a Rams fan, so on and so forth. But just football, like you, you know, Jason, we know you played. So, what impact did the sport have on your life? And even now, what does it have? Oh man, it <laughs> it pretty much affect every part of my life. You know, I. I it, I I might not have always been the best player on the field, but I always had the most. I feel like I had the most heart, and I and I constantly 
you know, was determined to to do what I had to do, you know, 110% all the time. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm that way now, you know, especially with anything that I'm passionate about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love football. I, I could, I could watch it. I don't, I don't even care if it's a rerun on, you know, I'd, I'd rather watch that than anything else on TV. And I mean, I just, I love it. I mean, if I could play right now, I would, I'd be out there playing. <laughs> what role did your dad have in your life when it comes to football? Oh, everything, everything. You know, I, even when, when we were at home, like when I was, you know, playing quarterback and stuff, you know, we'd have practice and he was my coach at practice and, and, you know, and, and yeah, he, he was tough on me at times, but I, I needed it. You know, I was a little lazy at times and he helped me fight through that. And, you know, even when we got home, it was like, all right, was well, your homework done? Yep. Well, let's go through the playbook, you know, and, and, it, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been as good of a player if it wasn't for him. So, well, and I'm one of those coaches that likes to uh, get out there and play with the kids. And uh, you know, my son liked to challenge me all the time on the field. So we had some we had some head to head matchups out there on the field. It was fun. Um, you know, I I was a single dad. I had you know three kids living at home with me at the time, and I was football coach and volleyball coach and softball coach and baseball coach and basketball coach and taxi driver and cook and <laughs> hold, on, you know? hold on hold on stop 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 volleyball coach you've never volleyball coach yeah i helped coach my daughter's volleyball team so oh. i i mean i was part of my, all my kids life as much as i could be but if it was football against something else that was always football <laughs> i always happened to miss the other practices because i was coaching football but we had some good runs. Uh, you know, we played most of Jason's career in Oregon. So uh, shout out to Hood River High School and Lyle High School and Lyle Washington. Uh, some good times there. Uh, I don't get too emotional very often, but there were several times that, uh, you know, watching my son play, I was so proud of him that, you know, I'd be in tears on the sidelines. And the other coaches – at the end of the game, when you'd slap hands, they'd say, hey, is number 18 your kid? And I'd be like, yep. And they're like, man, he's a heck of a player. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. And they're all like, well, you know, we could always get you a house in our area. <laughs> so those kind of moments, those kind of moments make you proud to be a dad. And, you know, it was football was a big part of our life for sure. Still is. We still talk about football all the time. And, you know, we're sitting here podcasting with you and watching the national championship game. So now you mentioned you didn't give a chance to have any boys, but you have a daughter who loves football, loves the Rams, and you know she's obviously the apple of your eye. How has football itself helped your bond between you know father and daughter? Just the bond itself. Well, it's interesting. I would say because um, you know because we share like um, season tickets, so we you know we spend that time together, but also, you know, she's interested in training camp. I mean, we went to training camp. She looks forward to the football season. Like I do. I, I love sports, but it's like the Rams. And then there's a huge drop off. And then I'm a casual fan of other sports, but it's just the Rams. And ever since she was young, you know, she would be five or six. She'd go somewhere. Hey, dad, I seen this 
this uh, Ram uh, sticker, you know, she would always mention anything that had to do with the Rams. So she always knew what the Rams meant to me. So when the Rams returned, we went to some games, but when the Rams returned and we got season tickets when, um, you know, sitting next to her, just, you know, even on the drive to the stadium, you know, we talk, we get caught up about life, about a lot of things going on in each other's life. But football, you know, brings us together. And, and um, when the Rams played the Atlanta Falcons last season on their playoff game on that Saturday night, um, as the time uh, in the clock was winding down, there was a couple of minutes left and she was really quiet. And I looked over and, and she had tears rolling down her um her face and I looked at her and I said, You all right? And she's like, Oh, I'm good, Dad and, and so when we were driving home, she's like, Dad, do you think it was weird that I was crying? And I said, No, I said, It actually makes me happy. I said, I love the fact that, that you're passionate about the team. I said, I feel like crying that crying now too. I, I always felt that way. And so when I see what football has done for her and I, especially Ram football, and to be able to share that with someone and know that she shares the same passion as I do is just amazing. But it's all brought together, you know, through football. And so even during the other playoff games, you know, she'll text me and say, hey, Dad, what do you think about this? Or she'll be, we'll be commenting back and forth about some of the other games, you know, that all have, you know, in affect the Rams. But football has, um, that's the one thing that she and I, the bond that we share that is different than anything. And it, it's kind of ironic because I never, you know, really forced anything on her. She just knew what the Rams meant to me and she just started following them. And it, it was like she was a natural to be a passionate fan. And so I just would, you know, let her um, pretty much learn about the team. And she would ask me all kinds of questions, even. Now, I mean, her favorite player is um, was always Marshall Falk. And so, I mean, he was one of my favorite players, too. So that was kind of nice that, that we share that, um, that you know, memory together. But just in general, you know, every time we go to the game, we, we make different, uh, you know, different Ram memories. But I'm just so proud of her, the fact that she's passionate like I am. And, and to know that, you know, the Rams mean the same thing to her as, as they do to me and so that's something that I always cherish, and that's one thing that football has done. And as far as bringing us together, it's amazing. Well, you know what? Let's talk some football. Let's just get into the Cowboys here. With a couple of things first, I do want to ask one more question, Norm. Um, you know, just to the father-son relationship here. Just um, and you're probably going to stab me later, but you can't get me now, so it's okay. I'll probably okay. stab you anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> you, you know, what is the proudest moment you have? with your son involved in the sport of football? Oh, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, we were at Lyle High School, which is the, – the school was so small, they had to have three high schools bring in people to get a full team. So it was Lyle, Wishram, and Kennewick? Click Attack. Click Attack. Click Attack. And uh, we always played a bunch of bigger schools, and we traveled uh, to west uh, – Toledo. To Toledo. Uh, bigger, bigger school – and, uh, I mean, you look across the field, we had like 16 players, yeah. 17 players <laughs> total, mm. and they had like 80 and their average offensive lineman was like 300 pounds and ours was like 250. And my son was a uh, starting quarterback and starting linebacker. And, uh, just throughout the whole game, you know, they, they should have got creamed and, and they really didn't. 
And uh, there were moments throughout the whole game where uh, one time Jason dropped back to pass and they blitzed the middle linebacker and he came untouched through the middle. Most quarterbacks are going to duck or try to juke their way around or run away. <laughs> Jason lowered his shoulder and leveled the kid and then mm-hmm. proceeded to proceeded to move on. And then a, another kid face masked him and turned his helmet to where he was looking at his ear hole. And, you know, it would have been real easy to give up, but he didn't. And then on defense, you know, he was jumping down to play defensive line and jumping back up to play linebacker just because he thought he could do some special things on defense on the line that our regular nose guard wasn't doing. And he did. And, you know, throughout the whole game, just watching the heart that he had, you know, I was, I'd lost my voice and there were several times I was in tears on the sideline. And, and then when we, after the game was over, you know, I gave him a big hug, told him I was proud of him. And then we were slapping hands and the head coach came over and shook my hand and, he said, 18's yours, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, boy, that kid sure plays some some tough football. He said, I'd love to have any kid like him on my team. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty proud of him. He said, yeah, you should be. And that was probably my proudest moment, but there's several. I mean, there's several plays and several moments and several things that, that happened throughout his playing career that just, you know, I was I was living football through him as well as watching him play and helping coach him. So I think it brought us closer together as father and son by, by tons. I mean, we have other things like hunting and fishing and things like that, that bring us together too. But I think football was probably the key factor. All right. So there you go, folks. The, uh, the idea here for us, at least is um, here at Rams talk, we have a, a pretty distinct and devoted uh, group of staff member. And we consider ourselves family. And uh, we understand what this sport means in terms of football, life, what it teaches. And there's two examples right here. Unfortunately, Jason didn't wind up becoming a Rams fan. My gosh, I'm still peeved at that. But um, Mm I understand that we understand that football, what it matters. And when we deal with our fans and how passionate they get and how devoted they are, we know why because we're there too. So there you go. Let's talk Cowboys. Before we do, we do want to take some time to talk about our flagship sponsor, our first one, and he happens to be on the show, Sal Martinez in the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis, and he's kept the light on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a good discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call, 714-894-7267. Trust me, folks. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's like a Hall of Fame to the Rams. Dead serious. Yeah. But he also does, again, provide you that wonderful barbershop experience, talking football. He'll even talk, oh my gosh, he'll even talk Vikings football with you. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sally Man should make my blockhead and Norm's funky-looking head appear, well, <laughs> normal. Really. I can't believe he just didn't have Sal do his own commercial. 
<laughs> no, no, that's what he pays us for. It's kind of interesting. It sounded nice though, listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's so, awesome. All right. So, guys, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit of Dallas here. I'm glad you liked the ad, man. I've always wondered what you thought, if I did it poorly or not. No, it sounded <laughs> great. Yeah, no, it sounds great. Awesome. So, the Dallas game, guys, Um, I'm a little shell-shocked. I thought I'd be the Bears. I thought that uh, they win yesterday, and they didn't. Um, I guess, Norm and I, you and I, we, we kind of texted a little bit about this, and we had some differing views. So, I guess all of you. And I'm going to ask you, Jason, because you're a Packers fan, you know the Bears very well. Um, what matchup is better for the Rams? The Cowboys or the Bears? I'll start with you, Jason. Oh, Cowboys for sure. Why? Yeah, they're uh I don't I don't think their secondary is nearly as good. Um uh second off, which should have been first off, they don't have Khalil Mack. Um he's 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 a game changer for sure. Um you know, and I mean I, I think the Rams defense is gonna be able to stop Zeke to a point to where it's gonna put a lot of pressure on Dak to make plays that he's probably going to not be able to make um you know and, and the cowboys uh front seven is good but their their secondary just they, they seem to have a lot of trouble and and you know as long as Gurley can can you know at least get some good yardage and and get some pressure off of Goff so that he can make some plays down the field um i think it's a way better matchup than than the bears um and in, in all honesty <laughs> All right, Sal, your thoughts? Which is better yeah. match of Cowboys Bears, and why? Well, I kind of wanted the Bears just for my own, um, you know, personal reasons. I, I've, you know, the Bears. You know, it seemed like this whole season, these teams, you know, that beat the Rams. They they were always, you know, the Rams have always been the favorites to uh, win it all. And so the teams that beat the Rams, when the Rams first lost to the Saints, and then the Saints were the team to beat, then the Rams lose to the Bears, the Bears are the team to beat, Eagles, Eagles are coming back, they're going to repeat. But I wanted the Cowboys too. I Either or, but I think um, as far as uh, um, talent-wise, I think that um, the Bears would have probably posed a more difficult game than the Cowboys. I think the Rams, as long as they, you know, they play within – you know, their strengths and stuff. I think, uh, um, I do think that their, you know, their front seven is impressive, but I think that their secondary is suspect. And I think that, you know, fortunately for the Rams, that's one of the Rams' strengths. And I just think the Rams have too many weapons for the Cowboys. And I think, like you say, if you can take um, Elliott out of the game and, and and you know, make uh, Prescott beat you, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Rams are in better shape. So I think as far as the matchup, I would prefer the Rams to play the Cowboys. You know, and, and I'm sorry, I have to detour for a second. Just saw the news. I'm sure you already know, though. Matt LaFleur to be the head coach of the Packers. Yep. How do you feel about that, Jason? Uh, I, I feel pretty good, actually. You know, he, he, came, he came from the Rams and then went to – the Titans and and I mean he he's 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 a good coach and and uh, I think he's going to be better than Philbin would be so I mean anything anything is a plus so I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy about it. Well, all right, there you go. 
Okay, Norm, back to back to you. Actually, I'll start with my hand here. Um, you and I were talking a little bit about this, and you gave very specific thoughts. Why is this a better matchup than the Bears? Well, first of all, I think it's pretty simple. When you look back at the last game when the Bears held the Rams to six points, I mean, that should scare anybody. Now, you know, there is some redemption. I'd love to love to have seen him play him and and put 400 on the board. But uh, I think defensively, Chicago is a much more difficult matchup for us, you know, obviously. And they're, you know, the top, I think they're the top or the second from the top scoring defense. And I, I just, that scares me. Because as much as... Um, as much as uh, I enjoy watching Jared Goff throw the football down the field, I don't enjoy watching the other team pick it off and run it back for six. And Chicago's averaging 2.2 takeaways per game. And uh, the Cowboys, they're at 1.2 per game. So, you know, the takeaway giveaway thing I, was concerning to me, the fact that they've already – you know, held us to six points, even though it was in Chicago in cold weather and you could make all kinds of excuses. They, they just outplayed us big time. And I wasn't too worried about their offense, but when your team can only put up six points against them, you don't have to have much offense. So that's why I was worried about them. The Cowboys, I think the Rams run defense has improved and the Cowboys only score like 21 points a game on average, you know, even on a good day. And, you know, if the Rams can stop Zeke and, you know, put put 30 on the board like they usually do, I don't think the Cowboys can keep up with them. And that's why I think it's a better matchup. Dallas's front front four are scary. And Banderesh is playing like a crazy person for a rookie. I mean, I didn't I didn't have him ranked as high as some of the other guys, but he certainly proved me wrong on how well he plays. I think they're their two middle linebackers are probably two of the better ones in the league right now. So Gurley's going to have a tough time, but where I think the real game changer is going to be for us, honestly, is C.J. Anderson. I think having someone like him to spell Gurley and having the two-headed monster, I think is going to make a big difference in this game. So yeah. that's, uh, that's where I kind of see it. I, I'd like to see the Rams run the football – down the Cowboys' throat and open up the secondary. You know what's crazy about that is I, I had to stand in for Johnny tonight on butting heads, and I had the same assessment. I said, you know, I, I said the same darn thing. It's going to be a two-headed monster. The Rams need to control the clock, keep Elliott off the field, keep them that offense from getting traction, run, 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 both those guys. Same thing. I'm kind of blown away you have the same idea, um, I guess, I'll talk about the chance. I'm not sure how that Well, happens. Malcolm Brown's a good backup running back, but Malcolm Brown did not play as hard or run as well as C.J. Anderson has. Well, he couldn't and take the beating C.J. Anderson could take. No, and he's C.J. Anderson's played out of his mind since he came to the Rams. You know, he was a little out of shape and a little overweight, but gosh, he's been running the football great. And I think that recipe with Gurley and him, you know, they're they're totally different running styles. Being able to change it up like that and really – set the run up to set up our play action with Dallas secondary. I really see that as being a real positive for us. So that's why, that's why I definitely think that Dallas was a better matchup. 
I would have rather, personally, I would have rather seen him play the Bears and beat him. That would have been like the icing on the cake. But I think this is a better matchup overall. So here, here's the thing that had me nervous. And, you know, I'm not really going to try and argue it. This is just what had me think I'd rather see the Bears. One, they've seen the Bears. They've played them. They know the strengths and weaknesses up front and impersonal. Two, the games at home, better weather in front of home fans, not under the lights. And then three, the quarterback position, to me right now, Prescott's at a different level than Mitch Trubisky is. And we saw that in the Philadelphia game. And so to me, Prescott's more dynamic. They do have a better running game as well. I understand the Cowboys do. But I just felt like, you know, if the Rams can just counter that pass rush from Chicago, they'll be all right. And I understand there's flaws in that in that thinking too. I look at these numbers. You're talking about the secondary for exposing that secondary. The the Cowboys right now are ranked 12th in the league against the pass, but the numbers are a little deceiving. They give up. They they allow completions on 67.7 percent of their passes. They have only picked off nine passes all year. That's it. Nine. Um, they do well in giving up touchdowns. They've given up 22. That's that's pretty what pretty good, you know. By comparison, the uh, the Tampa they get 34. The Bengals get 32. So much worse teams. The Raiders get 36. So 20 22 is not bad. I just view this as in terms of wanting the Bears. I won the Bears. I just felt like you you know the devil you're playing with them. Whereas we haven't seen these two teams play in a year and a half, so I mean, well, I'm, I'm not really well, going to try to make the argument for it. this. is This is my line of thinking. I'm not saying I'm right. No, I'm much less confident in my view on this. Trust me. Well, and it's not that you know you or I are right or wrong, but if you you know you can look at a couple other stats too as far as scoring offense. Rams are sitting in second in the league at 32.9 points per game. The Dallas Cowboys are sitting at 21.4 points per game. So they don't score a lot. Zach or Dak played well. I mean, he actually was the reason I think that they won this last game, but that was like a really phenomenal game for him. He hasn't he's not the most accurate passer. He did well, you know, yesterday, but he he's not doing that great where Chicago's averaging actually 25.6 yards per game for or points per game, which is four more points per game than Dallas. So, uh, you know, it's really deceiving, and you could compare the two of them. I think Chicago's a better overall team offensively, defensively, special teams, the whole deal. So I think we got the better end of the deal here by facing Dallas. I just hope that the Rams, you know, go out and close the deal. So they proved me right, but we'll see. Sal, what do the Rams on defense have to do in order to pull out this win defensively? I think defensively, shut down uh, Elliott, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I think because the Cowboys could be one-dimensional really quickly. I I don't think that uh, Amari Cooper, you know, he's kind of slowed down the past two games. I don't think that the Cowboys have enough offensive weapons to really, you know, uh, pose a threat to the Rams' defense. And also now that – the Rams just their defense finally is coming together now, and the Rams have had a couple of takeaways in the past couple of games, which has been pretty impressive and it's been kind of overshadowed. But I just think the Rams, I would just stop 
Zeke Elliott and you kind of stop, you know, you stop the Cowboys. I, I, I would um, kind of force Prescott to beat you, and I, I just don't think he can do that. I think it, well, what really surprised me uh, more was the Cowboys defense and, and being able to shut down the uh, Seahawks running game. I think that was really impressive. That kind of shocked me. I thought that the Seahawks would be able to run against the Cowboys, but um, that was kind of slowed down. And then also out here on Saturday night, there's a um, there's a chance of rain. I think rain's in the forecast for that night. So I think if the field's muddy, and I definitely would run the football with. And I, but I think the X factor, ever since the Rams signed him, is uh, C.J. Anderson. I think that I would start C.J. Anderson, and I would just kind of physically just you know kind of beat up Cowboys uh, defense first, and then uh, gradually um, work early back into the the Rams offense because I don't think that the Rams really need to you know. Um, you know, throw them into the fire. Yet I'd gradually work them back in. And, uh, you know, as the season, I mean, as the game wears on, just like the season, I think that Gurley's now is well-rested. And, you know, I think third, fourth quarter, he'd be able to dominate. So I hope the Rams are, don't forget about uh, C.J. Anderson. I mean, he's almost averaging almost 150 yards, um, you know, a game, which is pretty impressive, especially around this time of – of the year, you know, you, you want to be able to run the football in the playoffs. And, and so I think a lot of teams that look at the Rams kind of a finesse team, I think CJ Anderson gives them another dimension that, that uh, the Rams should take advantage of. So I would really pound no matter who the Rams play, I'd really pound CJ Anderson and then um, gradually start opening up the offense, you know, start, you know, uh, look for the tight ends. And then I think Brandon cooks, you know, should be able to have some, you know, a lot of big plays. I think that um, Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks will, will have some, you know, big games coming up. Jason, what are your thoughts? What, what matchup has to happen up there for the Rams to win? Oh man, it stops. <laughs> yeah, they just they just got to stop Zeke. You know, if they can stop Zeke and put Dak under all that pressure, he's not going to be able to win the game himself. He's not going to. He's proved it time and time again. You know, it, it, I don't. I don't know the statistics, but I'm pretty sure that you know when Zeke has less than 100 yards rushing, the Cowboys' win percentage is a lot, lot less than it is when it is over 100. So, you know, I I just don't think that Dak can handle handle all that pressure all on, on his own. You know, and 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 I mean, you got Aaron Donald, man. I mean, he's going to put a lot of pressure on Dak by himself. So, you know, I, I, I just I just don't think that they're, if they can stop Zeke, I, I think it's it's game over. Now, Norm, you you and I, we you know, we, Ohio State playing Oregon a couple of years ago in the championship game. You saw we you saw Elliott do his thing against your team. And oh, now yeah, we've thanks seen for the, reminding me. Yeah, me too. I actually had a point to it, man. I'm not trying to burn you, I promise. <laughs> and now over the years, we've seen him develop more and more in the league. And I, I did make the argument with Steve earlier that I believe as a pure runner, rusher, I believe that he's the best in the league. I'm not trying to shortchange Todd, Todd Gurley. I think overall as a full package, Gurley's better. But just as a pure runner, he is. His His vision's outstanding especially at hitting a hole and, and finding his place what do the rams have to do with especially with their their run defense problems this year to really at least contain them to a degree 
Well, it's simple. They got to keep their gap integrity. I've been saying that all year long. You know, you got to fill your hole. And a lot of times what we see happen when they start doing stunts and things like that with our down linemen, uh, the linebackers aren't stepping up and filling the hole that's left over. And you get these big gaping gaps. And that's why the, you know, they're able to put 10, 15, 20 yards on us through these big holes. So I think if they focus on, what they need to focus on, you know, just the basics, and that is good gap integrity. You know, Aaron Donald is going to beat whoever they put in front of him, even on the double teams. He's proven that. If Sue can step up and have a good game, the rest of our deep line, you know, Brockers and and whoever else comes in to, you know, to give them a rest, and the linebackers play good gap integrity, and our and our outside linebackers don't. You know, the rule is you don't let anybody get outside of you. And that we saw that a lot with Fowler and with uh, Ibukam. If if they just play solid football, I mean, just do your job the, the way it's supposed to be done, keep good gap integrity, I, I don't think Zeke will have that big of a game. He's going to get his runs. There's You're not going to stop him. But if you can limit him, and and keep the the big plays to 10, 15 yards instead of 20, 30, or 40, uh, I really think we've got a good shot. Yeah, and by the way, that I, I kind of want to – I'm going to be a jerk here. Yes, in that game, we talked about 246 yards and four touchdowns all those years ago. Um, I'm probably getting the middle finger right now. I had to do it. Sorry. Anyways. Well, Jason's a Ducks fan too, so yeah, you're <laughs> getting, getting two of them. I'm getting two of them right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. now here's my question though for all of you guys. Okay, and, and Sal, I answer first. This Ram, this Rams defense was paid the money, right? They they went out there and got, you know, sued for fourteen million dollars. They went and traded for Peters. They brought in Talib. Do they have the guys, the talent? Okay, right now, to be that defense that can shut down Elliott or. Is this Rams defense too flawed? So that's the question I have. I'm going to go with Sal first. Yeah, I think all the pieces are there. I think that um, it's so hard because when you saw them in training camp, you could kind of see, you could kind of visualize what type of defense the Rams would would have. But, you know, throughout the season, you know, the Rams, you know, for injury, you know, reasons, the Rams never really had their whole defense playing together, you know, at one time. But I think now the past, you know, a couple of weeks, I think that the Rams are starting to gel as a defense and, and they're making plays. So I think this defense definitely um, can compete and, and be able to, I think the Rams can win it all with this defense. So I, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not too worried about really um, anything. I think the Rams, the biggest obstacle really is the Rams and, and utilizing uh, the players and being patient, not getting ahead of themselves, not trying to, you know, don't, you don't have to take chances, just kind of play within your talent level. And I think the Rams will be fine. Jason, your thoughts. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they, that they're there. The pieces are there. Pieces of the puzzle are there. You know, as long as, yeah, like Sal said, as long as they don't get crazy and and 
you know, try to be too aggressive and, and, you know, let the, let the big plays happen. You know, I think they'll be just fine. And, you know, like my dad said, you know, bait, you know, old school football. Cause that's what, that's what the Cowboys are going to play. They're going to be playing old school football. They're going to try and run the ball, you know, do the play action, stuff like that. As long as you can stick to your assignments, play old school football. I think they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to do great. All right, Norm. Can they do well, it? Do they have the talent to do it? This is the time of year where the players that you pay the money for are supposed to play big. The regular regular season is the regular season, but when it comes playoff time, this is why you pay these guys money and this is why you bring in those big players. And you've been seeing some flashes of some really good things. The Rams have been getting a lot more turnovers on defense. You've been seeing them be a little more aggressive in pass plays and pass defense. Uh, Tlaib has got a little more time now. He's healed up a little bit more. Peters plays better when Tlaib's on the field. You know, you haven't seen much of Sue and Brockers. You got Fowler who's come in and made an impact. But now is that time of the year where those guys that you're paying the $14 million a year this is the time that they got to step up and play big. And I expect it. I expect to see it. I don't doubt that they're going to do it. And uh, I, I think by the, by the end of this, which is hopefully going to be after winning the Super Bowl, it's not just the Rams offense we're going to be talking about. It's going to be their defense too. See, what I'm worried about is, is what you're talking about gap integrity and hitting the edges and, those are things that, to me, it shouldn't take to week 14 and 15 to solve. And I'm because of that, I'm not so sure it's solved. What makes you so confident? Well, I'm not confident that they're going to do it necessarily, but I think they know that that's a problem. And even if they do it more, it's going to be an improvement. Uh I'm sure Wade Phillips is jamming it down their throats. I, I mean, I would be if I was a defensive coordinator, and I'm I'm sure Wade Phillips is a lot better than I am at it. But you know, it's it's sim- simple fundamental football. You have a job, you go do that job. If somebody's going to leave a spot, you got to fill the spot. It's simple, and you know you're going to see some looks from Dallas, or they're going to throw some some things at us that. You know, we don't necessarily expect to see. And the the things that get you through that is playing fundamental football. As long as you do your job the way you're supposed to every time, you'll be fine. And the Rams aren't going to do it perfect, but I've been seeing improvements in the area. I've been seeing the linebackers step up and play a little bit better. And uh, I, I really think you're going to see the players that you expect to, to give you the big plays, I think you're going to start seeing more of that throughout the playoffs. Everybody steps it up a notch this time of year. The Rams won and done last year. They don't want to do that again this year. And they've got the personnel. they got the big names. they got the big money players to do it. They just need to do it. And I think now's the time that they will. All right, so that leads to the final question. All right. Call the game, guys. I'm going to start with Sal. Sal, what's who wins? What's the final score? Uh, Rams win, I would say, 
Jason. It's funny that Sal said that because that's exactly what I was thinking in my head right before he said it. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, I, I'm 100% honest. <laughs> yeah, 34-17 Rams. <laughs> All right, Norm, you ready? Yeah, uh, I'm going score? 31-20. 31-20? Rams, yeah. All right, so <laughs> the doubter in the room here, the the annual pessimist for Rams talk, Um. You know, I'm going to go closer. I'm going to go Rams 28-24. It's just how it's been all year that it's been close games. It's what they know. It's what they do. I love I love it to be more than that. But there you go. All four were saying the Rams. Any final thoughts? Yeah, as long as the Rams win. <laughs> as long as the Rams well, win. Well, what I like is most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time Derek's wrong. So that, that goes Oh, okay. Hey, remember that? That Cardinals yeah. game a couple weeks ago, I called that score almost exact. I was one. Yeah, I said most of the time, not all the point time. off. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, all right. <laughs> so, folks, there you go. It's time for us to go. It's been a long night. Uh, we're still trying to get the end of this national championship game, which is unbelievable. Go Clemson. <laughs> it's yeah, go, unbelievable. Go Clemson. We, Jason and I have been having to mute it between the between our talks so we could scream and yell. <laughs> so, all right. So, there you have it, folks. We are looking for sponsors for the new year. It, it's it's kind of that time we have lots of open spots on our docket. So please reach out to us, Rams Top nineteen forty five at gmail dot com. Leave us a voicemail at six five seven six 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 five four five three. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at, talk, at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. We also have a group, Rams Talk Room. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Norm at Norm Hightower. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. And also, iBeatRadio.com. They feature our show on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So, for the, the entire crew tonight, for Norm, for Jason, for Sal, and for me, take it easy and get more comfort the rest of the week. Take care. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.